welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Steph Curry against the Brooklyn Nets this week. Holy, we are not worthy of this man. He's so good, obviously, probably the leader in the MVP race right now, but it's also the fact that Golden State is legit. We're going to break it down more, but Stephen Curry is leading this team. They're they're the top of the NBA. They're the cream of the crop right now. Everybody's talking about Golden State. And when you can slap down Brooklyn like that, there's a reason why we're saying it. Bro, they're giving me those 2014-15 vibes right now. Like, that team is just so deep, built around the greatest shooter in the history of the game in Steph Curry, who's better than he was previously. This guy gets better every single year. Um, He's aging like a fine wine, and they don't even have Klay Thompson yet. Like, this team is just too, too dirty right now. They're going to get a massive injection, much like my fantasy team, when Klay returns in five weeks which i'm spoiling myself ahead of myself now but we'll we'll get into that later matt but it's crazy that they're only going to get better yeah absolutely uh kevin they didn't they didn't go uh three and oh for you they did drop a game they dropped their easiest game against the hornets they got good wins against brooklyn and chicago though you know the hornets they're on a bounce back i'm pretty sure you were saying that they're they're doing pretty good they're they're winning games so hey Chicago, like I said, they're a great team, but they deserve to get smacked down against Curry when he's doing the things that he does. And we can't, we can't all get it right, Matt. I mean, even though that you pretty much had it, unfortunately there was a slight shellacking where the T Wolves get a massive W and deny Matt his perfect call, his perfect take. Bro, that would have been the most epic take. I would have gotten every single game. How can Minnesota easily smack down the Lakers? Oh, this Lakers team is just frustrating right now. Again, we'll get into it when we get into more about basketball. Uh, you want to learn about the NFL, Kevin? Did you watch it this week? Man, I have been working nights. I've been sleeping a weird schedule. I mean, we were supposed to be doing this three hours ago, but literally Allison was like trying to shake me, trying to roll me out of bed, and I was like, no, no, let me sleep. So I, I've seen nothing, nothing about football this week, my friend. Well, man, I can tell you it's a wild, wild week in the NFL, just like always. The one thing that I do want to mention, though, is that since episode 62, my number two team in my power rankings have gone 0 and 6. Um, I had KC in week four, after week four, as my number two team lose to Buffalo. Buffalo loses to Tennessee. Baltimore loses to Cincinnati. Tampa Bay loses to New Orleans. Buffalo loses to the Jags. And then Baltimore does it to me on Thursday night, losing to to the Miami Dolphins. Like, come on, I can't catch a break these last two weeks. You would think they'd be easier games. And and that's the best part about it too, Matt, is it's like it's not like it's a game where that team is is going up against, you know, the top team or a team that they should lose to. Like I'm sorry, the Bills lost to the Jags, which is also a take that I was a part of as well, by the way. That's where I took an L because I was like, they're gonna get a win here. Easy nope. win. Like ridiculous stat line here, my dude. Absolutely. But we'll actually talk about some of these games. Um, I thought the New Orleans-Tennessee game uh, was really good. Tennessee ends up winning that game. But New Orleans really should have won it. Um, They go for it on two points on their first one, didn't get it. They miss an extra point attempt. I think they missed the third one. So they lost 23-21, to but had three extra points. They couldn't buy an extra point. Uh, So it really should have been 24-23, but, you know, it cost them them the game, and Tennessee keeps rolling, man. You know they're 7-0 against playoff teams from last year? Just wild. 
I mean, yeah. I, I guess then you can't be ignoring this team. I guess they are got to be relevant. They've got some marquee wins. So, hey, you know, good for them. Biggest issue with them right now that I have is Derrick Henry's not out there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, he, he did get the win this week. But like I said, man, they probably should have lost to the Trevor Simeon-led New Orleans Saints. So, that's saying What something. can you do? What yeah. can you do? Exactly. Hey, man, my Minnesota uh, Vikings, they actually locked down a victory. They actually got it done. Not a heartbreaker, not a last-second meltdown. Uh, they were able to, to beat the Chargers 27-20. to That defense steps up and looks good. Justin Herbert, though, he's been struggling lately um, since having a pretty hot start to the season, which is kind of sad because I, I really like the guy. I think he's a, he's a really good young QB. You think the, the Vikings are getting another win, or is this just like a, a right situation, right time? We came in, we spanked down the Chargers, and now we're just going to keep letting Matt down in the future. Uh, probably keep letting me down, man, as long as Kirk Cousins is around. I'm, I have <laughs> oh. no hope for that team uh, with Kirk Cousins as, as their quarterback. Um, so, uh, we'll, yeah, I'm, I'm depressed about it, but I, I can get over it. <laughs> There's always hope for the future, all right? Yeah, man. You know, maybe a kid in like five years is just gonna be too good for Minnesota to pass up when Kirk Cousins is retired and and they're really bad. So you know, there's there's some like five year old in a playground in Florida right now who just tossed the most unreal touchdown in like pee wee pee wee pee wee football, and he's gonna take this franchise to new heights, dude. Man, some seven year old on my for you page on TikTok popped up. He was running, you know, doing uh, QB drills, yeah. running them, just absolutely slinging that thing. So. Minnesota QB 2029, let's go. <laughs> hey, love to see it. Uh, anyways, we'll get back on track here. Um, the other three games that I thought were going to be good were absolute blowouts. I mean, Kansas City came back. They look like the team that everybody anticipated. Yeah. They smacked down the Raiders, which a lot of people are talking about the Raiders' turmoil and the fact that they're one of the most losing franchises in the last 20 years of the NFL history. They were having a pretty good season. They've beaten some pretty good teams. Um, to lose 41-14 to 14, when Patrick Mahomes, third time in his career, he's thrown for 400 yards and five touchdowns, which is tied for the most in NFL history. Like, Patrick's back. That team is going to be good. It's also like my favorite scoreline, you know, 14 versus 41. The nice flip, just like asserting your dominance that hard on the other team. Jeez, yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. That's a good score. Oh man, they absolute smackdown. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. What more can you say? Um, Philadelphia has been a much better team than a lot of people anticipated this year. I've kept a closer eye on them. Um, you know, they've been in some some routes uh, both ways. And again, this week, a team that just absolutely smoked a lot of every, uh, a lot of people's number one team in the power rankings, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Denver absolutely gets let down this week and, and gets blown out by Philadelphia 30-13. to um, Really expected it to be a lot closer, but you know, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, man, that offensive line is really good um, and they, they move the ball. They figure it out. He, he works with what he has. He might not be the most elite pocket passer in the world, but hey, he can still get it done in the NFL. The, the Eagles kind of just forgot get forgotten about. You know, they're just the team that's just kind of there and those are the easiest teams to get snuck up on to you know not put enough effort in to just be like oh we circled that on the schedule three weeks ago as a w and you know the broncos got caught out and it's gonna happen but maybe it is the fact that the eagles are better and that they're they're kind of trugging along and they're ready to be relevant like that's the beauty of it 
Yeah, I would say that there. This is like a figuring it out year. I mean, it's rookie head coach. It's really the Jalen Hurts's first year starting fully and and being given the team. And again, Denver, they had a huge win against Dallas. You know, one of the number one teams in the NFL contender wise, and then had a huge letdown. They they thought you know we're better than this team because we just proved it against yep. Dallas. But you got to prove it every single week. So. That's what happens, man. Like, like the LA Rams, they absolutely got blown out by San Francisco. Who would have anticipated that? Yes, they lost Robert Woods, but they inserted Odell Beckham Jr., which did nothing for them. And San wow. Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, he knows how to beat up those Rams. I think he's done it like four or five times in a row now at this point. And they get the win, season on the line, they keep it alive and take a win from one of the top teams in the NFL. Kind of crazy. We're here, Matt. Week 10 in the books. Like, I, d- I wasn't expecting it. Like, I thought we were at week three, like yesterday. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, Feels you know, like the, it. we're getting through it. You know, Kansas is coming back. We got this storyline. We got that storyline. Like, it's, it's kind of bangers right now. Yeah, absolutely, man. We've still got seven weeks left of NFL football. So, still plenty, plenty of, t- of games to be played. Um, but, you know, it's time for the top 10 this week, my friend. Um, we're going to go with number 10, the LA Rams. I mean, it was a bad loss to uh, the San Francisco 49ers, but one of my favorite sports uh, hosts, he was talking about how comparing Tom Brady's season last year before the bye to Matthew Stafford's season this year before the bye, two brand new quarterbacks on really good teams. Um, okay. They look pretty good. Stafford's numbers are actually better uh, heading into the bye, so we'll see if he can he can use that bye week to kind of do what Tom Brady did last year and propel himself into a championship. Um, it'll be it'd be interesting for sure. And uh, speaking about Tom Brady, his old team, man, they absolutely smoked Cleveland this week. I was yep. not expecting that whatsoever. <laughs> Mac Jones, yes, he didn't throw for over 200 yards, but he was very efficient, like 19 of 23, three touchdowns. They come in at number nine this week for me. First time making it in on my top 10. Um, you know, I, it's probably the curse. And that's why I'm not going to ding them too bad. Baltimore coming in at number eight. I can't knock them all the way out. Um, yes, it was a huge, huge loss to Miami. But, hey, man, it's going to happen. They, they, You can't win every single week, unfortunately, right? Yeah, and they've had some real stinkers. Like the game against Detroit, which they barely pulled out with the 66-yard field goal. The Cincinnati mm-hmm. game. Um, this now Miami game. I'm feeling a little less love for Baltimore. I could still see them in the Super Bowl, though. Um, they're going to have to get past the the Bills, though. Bills coming in at number seven. Had a dominating win over the Jets, 45-17. to 17. I mean, can they be consistent enough to get to the Super Bowl and consistent enough against the better teams in the NFL to really get the job done? That's my question. AFC's in a weird place. Simple as that, honestly. Absolutely. It's, a, it's in a very weird place. Most people are... are you know, consensus that there's only maybe one team in the AFC that could win. I mean, obviously they're going to have to produce somebody, but there's a lot in the NFC. Um, speaking about the NFC, man, Cowboys got back on track with a 43 to three beatdown of the Atlanta Falcons. Man, that team—they're so hot and cold. I have no idea what to do with Atlanta, but Dallas, man, yeah, they're coming in at number six. Another W for America's team. Dude, they were playing at a, a Falcons team that was coming off a pretty big win to get themselves to 4-4, four and four, and the Falcons just can't seem to keep consistent. Um, I probably have them losing tonight to, to the New England Patriots. Um, <laughs> poor team. 
Whatever. Poor guys. At least they're not going to have the 28 to 3 scoreboard reminder. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, just hitting it where it hurts, man. Oh. Absolutely. I had to knock this team down a peg, but not too hard because they did have trouble with them in the playoffs last year. Tyler Heineke beats Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Um, he couldn't get it done in the playoffs last year. He gets it done this year. Tampa Bay coming in at number five. They kind of dropped down a little bit. Um, Tennessee, I think they should have lost. But again, they're 7-0 against playoff teams. So they're coming in at number four. I think you're going to think I'm crazy. I might be a little ahead on this. But the number three team in the NFL is Kansas City Chiefs. They've, they're back, man. Patrick Mahomes looks like Patrick Mahomes again. That defense has quietly been mediocre, which is all they need if they're going to have a prolific offense led by Patrick Mahomes. Man, they're, they're coming in at number three. Nice and hot for me. I mean, we, we were all waiting for it, right? Like, this win against the Raiders helped create this, you know, situation for Matt here, right? Because at the end of the day, we can't forget that this team was in how many Super Bowls in the past few years? Has what kind of star? Not a good star, not a great star, not a superstar, a dynamic, like, generational, generational talent. Like, if they figure it out, they're going to the Super Bowl. It's the same reason why if if Tom Brady has the perfect team around him and he figures out how to play, there's a reason he goes as far as he does in every single playoffs, right? There's just there's something special about a quarterback and the team that is properly built around them. Absolutely, and that's exactly what Kansas City is, especially when they're figuring it out right now, my friend. Ah, I'm excited to see it. I might put some money down on them to win the Super Bowl. Probably get some pretty good odds at this point. <laughs> yep. All right, Matt, talk to me. It's time to curse a fan base. Who is going to be crying this week? Well, I'm hoping that I'm not going to curse this fan base, uh, but the Green Bay Packers coming in at number two this week. Um, they have a tough game against Minnesota. I think they should beat them. Divisional rivals. Let's see if they can break the curse. I I'm, I'm thinking Green Bay can do it. I mean, they beat Seattle 17 to nothing. Aaron Rodgers didn't look good, but they were able to shut down the Seattle offense. So, hey. That man is just, like, headstrong, like, forcing his way through. Aaron Rodgers just, like, making it happen for this Green Bay team. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens come this they, next week. They did lose Aaron Jones, their starting running back. But your boy picked up A.J. Dillon at the last minute because Nick Chubb was on COVID list. So I hey. inserted A.J. Dillon, who went off for two touchdowns in the final couple drives of the game. Uh, huge for my fantasy. And that guy looks like an absolute stud. And then, number one, of course, I ain't penalizing the Arizona Cardinals, my friends. Nope. Um, just because they lost with Colt McCoy and without Kyler Murray doesn't mean they're going to drop in my rankings. They're still the number one team in the NFL for me um, until proven otherwise with Kyler Murray at quarterback. That is the key for me. I mean, it's it's simple. There's just no reason not to put it that way, Matt. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Um, then we're going to go into the games of this week that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, that Green Bay-Minnesota game, again, divisional rivals. Uh, the number two team in my power rankings. Can he break the curse, Aaron Rodgers? Get them to one and six? Um, I'm thinking yes. And then I, I like the Indianapolis Colts versus the Buffalo Bills. The Colts are still trying to fight for their playoff lives. Um, they're a pretty good team, but you know those Buffalo Bills, I think, are going to get this victory. Um, they, they really should. I like the New Orleans-Philadelphia game. Two teams that are sneakily underrated. Um, should be a really good contest between the two of them. Um, I like Dallas and Kansas City. 
that's going to be a banger. Yeah. A lot of people are picking Dallas in this one. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to have something to say about it towards the end. Uh, we can see if the Chargers uh, can beat up on that Steelers defense. That's a good game. And then the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Can the Raiders get it back on track? Same with Cincinnati. Both looked really good to start the season. Kind of teetered off a little bit lately. Let's see if they can get it back on track against each other. Those are the games that I'm interested in, my friend. And I think we're pretty good to wrap up the NFL this week. Honestly, man, some good games ahead. I, I will mention, you know, Denver, you're on a bye week. You're allowed to not do research on your opponent this week. Just got to throw that out there for you guys. You know, you won't take an L for not doing any work, but yeah. It's going to be another fun weekend to think. 11 weeks down, 6, 7, like there's so many more games, but at the same time, the playoff race is, it's kind of getting there. You know what I mean? Like it's not quite, but we know who is relevant and who is irrelevant at this point in the season. Absolutely. There are definitely a handful of teams that you know are Super Bowl contenders where all the rest are just norm normally pretenders. Oh, but man, I think we're good to skip the NHL too. Um, it's kind of a wild NHL season. Uh, some good teams, some bad teams. Anaheim unexpectedly is good. Um, Calgary's good, even though they lost to, to the Montreal Canadiens last week. I don't know what that is all about, man. I'm trying to come last. But Ottawa, Seattle, and Arizona out tanking Montreal right now for those Shane Wright odds. Again, get me Connor Geeky if I can't get Shane Wright. One or the other. The, the man is on week three or week four of just like end the season torch it burn it down it doesn't exist but hey bro 64 draft. games i don't even want to talk about them <laughs> exactly when 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 the football season is done and we've just got hockey and basketball it'll be let's basketball. talk about everything well no, the nhl will be let's talk about everything but the uh, canadians they just don't exist we just we don't need to bother with them <laughs> they are last <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that is all, all right, i have to well, say Let's roll into the NBA, and Matt, it's the first week. We've got some coaching updates. Not really an update, but there is rumors. There's a conversation happening that Luke Walton and the Kings are not on the same page. They're losing too many games, and he's apparently on the hot seat. Now, it is the Sacramento Kings. The GM of this organization, the president of this organization, they haven't exactly done a great job to help out Luke Walton and give him a fantastic team great players good situation here or there but at the same time it's tough when again a team isn't winning games and the first thing we do let's look at the coach but matt what's your thoughts on luke walton you know luke walton was hired as the lakers head coach a while ago to be that like young stud to bring them into the future and sacramento snapped him up when they decided to go kind of the lebron win now mode route and they yeah. thought Sacramento had young pieces that he could bring along, and it hasn't been the case. Um, the roster isn't very good, I don't I don't believe. Um, I mean, I think Holmes is probably their actually best player. Um, De'Aaron Fox, even though he's getting paid that mega max money, he's struggling this year. Um, I, they're just not a great roster. And to fire the coach because of something that the GM did, that's that's where the issues are starting to come in uh you want more continuity that uh with your you know heads with your gms with your coaches if i ran an organization um i'd at least give them three four years at minimum to get it together um and i think he's had like three now luke walton i think this is his third um so he should be kind of putting it together but that gm has given him nothing it's that it's that weird kind of middle ground right because he is he he was brought in to be a 
not the coach you want to be because you always want to be the second coach you want to be the coach who comes in to replace the guy who built up the team so that you can take them to a championship right and Luke Walton was brought into this team to be the coach to figure out what rotations they needed what the kids were going to do and they've got some good pieces right like we like Davion Mitchell we like Tyrese Halliburton like they've they've gotten some good draft picks in like recent years but some decisions from previous years are still affecting them. I mean, heck, Buddy Heald is shooting the lights out from three, and I will still rip on this guy because I still don't think he's a great basketball player and can be exactly what you need. Now, would the Lakers be happier if they had accepted the Buddy Heald trade over the Russell Westbrook trade? That is a story for another day. Am I right, Matt? You know? That's a tough one to, to really discern, man. Um I don't know how it would how it would play out, but I know that Russell Westbrook has just been struggling with turnovers, man. I do believe that Westbrook will figure it out. He's in a new environment for like the fourth straight year. He's trying to get it acclimated to his new teammates. He's trying to get acclimated to a new system. He's proven it before that he can figure it out midway through the season. So give him a little bit of time. I think he should be fine. He's he's been bouncing around from team to team, and his second half of the season is always better. Like the, the rumors that we hear about Russ's turnovers problems are because like he's expecting people to be where they're not. Exactly, we, Matt. You know, you think about you think about Crosby, you think about Jordan, you think about all of these star athletes in their respective sports, and so many people, you know, they see them in a different light. They say they see the game a different way. Russell sees basketball very differently than a lot of you know especially the average nba fan the average you know even nba player so it's going to take time to figure it out but they're playing with lebron james they're playing with anthony davis um recent pickup for fantasy for me Taylor horton tucker has gone off in the two games that he has played right like you know give them time i'm pretty sure malik monk hasn't really played that much i'm pretty sure that you know the lakers still have lots of time to figure it out and russell as well is fitting that timeline of them figuring out so i'm still not that worried about that matt every week you know it's going to be a narrative but until they are like six games below 500 25 games into the season i'm not going to pull the plug just yet yeah i i agree and and going back to kind of what we were originally talking about with the sacramento kings here um you know they haven't been able to draft that well I mean, they drafted a guy like Marquise Chris over a guy like DeMontis Sabonis in that draft. The same draft as Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald goes yeah. to New Orleans, though. Um, there were guys like Pascal Siakam who were still available in this draft. Karis LeVert. Um, so getting a guy like Marquise Chris with all that hype, he never really lived up to it. Their draft yeah, sure. drafting just hasn't been good, right? And the GM, I again, I don't blame Luke Walton for the product that's out there. I blame the GM. The, the hope is that with the recent draft picks that have been quote-unquote pretty good they're a couple years away from being in the right spot so they're in that transition phase potentially where maybe they need a new coach just for some freshness but don't do it now wait till at least half the season or just give the guy the season i'm sorry if they're gonna fire him because they think a new coach is gonna come in and ala you know atlanta hawks them to the playoffs like i'm sorry shut up sacramento there's no better way to put it you're not a playoff team right now i'm sorry it's hard the first stage is acceptance, you know, and that's that's what they need to get to. Dude, and again, like, when you draft Marvin Bagley Jr. over Luka Doncic or Trey oh. Young, like, how are you blaming the coach? Yeah. Just going to throw it out there. All right. Hey, so, yeah. Let's, let's, let's move along, you know. We'll see what happens with Luke Walton. 
It's some injury time, Matt. We got some things. You talk about draft picks. You talk about good versus bad draft picks. Let's talk about potentially the best draft pick from this year. Maybe not, because, you know, Scotty Barnes is the new Grote incoming, but Mobley, he's got an elbow injury. I heard he banged it around. He did play a game, and he wasn't amazing, but he, you know, he he still put up great stats. He's going to be out for a little while, a couple weeks, I think. Um, The plan, I don't think, is that he's going to play in November at all. So, you know, the Cavs will miss him, but they're trucking along, right? This Cavs team may be one of the surprises of the season. Man, tall ball absolutely working out right now um yeah you're right uh mobley's gonna miss a few weeks but they might not miss him they've got enough centers to to kind of compensate even though he has been one of their better defenders if not their best defender on that team yeah um and he's been a monster absolutely on that end um and he's been pretty pretty good on the offensive end as well so they'll they'll miss him for sure um it gives our raptors a chance to make up some ground there Oh my gosh, I know. Can I just can I just say like since we've been talking about draft picks so much, like I love the the current fact that it's the defenders of this recent draft that are getting the hype right now in Scotty and Mobley, right? Compared to the pre-draft of everyone's hyped about Cade and his all-around game, everyone's hyped about um, you know Green. the Jalen's and their shooting potentials. Like I'm loving that the stars of the show right now are these defensive monsters because if more people grow up realizing that there is a whole part of basketball that nobody thinks about called defense we're, we're gonna have better teams hopefully canada will actually get to compete internationally because we're gonna have more players that care about defense like right <laughs> just want to throw this out there about speaking about canada internationally um number one in fifa world cup qualifying oh. table or what or what Dude. last oh. 20 goals no last 20 games number one in goals what fifa canada <laughs> fifa canada let's go who okay, could have believed that? No, no, I have to say, but who could have believed that going into the end of 2021, that Canada would be sitting not only at the top of the Concaf table, but undefeated with six matches left? I mean, the top of that table is really tight for you know the top three they're gonna hopefully get to go through. But I've been paying attention. But yeah, let's let's flip back. Let's go basketball. I think we're good talking about Mobley. So you want to talk about MPJ? The, the back injury has slightly returned. The Nuggets don't want to rush him back. Interesting situation. And, I mean, he hasn't had the greatest season, but I think he's been ailed by this back probably. Yeah, I, I it's a reoccurring issue for him, which is kind of sad, and, and it's unfortunate. But, you know, he's a, he's had a, a rough season, so hopefully this, this time off will let him get, get healed up and come back. It's it's always tough to see good young players like him mobly go down though. You know, just sad. I mean, I say it every week. I hate. I want to turn injuries off in the NBA. Like it just needs to happen. We want to see the best basketball. So, speaking of the best basketball and you boys, fantasy injection incoming. Clay Thompson is apparently five to six weeks away. He's right on his timetable for looking to play on Christmas Day. He played some five on five scrimmages with the boys apparently the other day with contact like that it's it's happening golden state's on top of the world and clay thompson is he's coming back man him coming back to this team that is 12 and 2 that just put on that show against brooklyn who also beat chicago this week like they are absolutely killing it they don't have wiseman they don't have thompson they're going to get both these guys back for deep playoff runs. 
they might be the scariest team in the NBA, and it might not even be that close. Uh, another thing to another thing to mention too about this team is, like, y- you have to give credit to Steve Kerr and the coaching staff, and also the GMs and the team that built this. Because I look at players like Gary Payton, I look at players like Jordan Poole, I look at Jonathan Kuminga, who's looking like a great pick out of this draft pack. You know, Bielitsa, they are coming in. They are joining a system that works a certain way and has championship pedigree to it, right? You know, I think mm-hmm. about you know Eric Paschel, Eric Paschel, whatever I can't pronounce his name properly. Apparently, like he was a great player for Golden State the past few years, but he also never really was exactly the system player, the right fit for working around this, that, or the other thing of how they wanted to do it. And I think Golden State has has found that little little magical something with the players, the role players, and, and, and what they're going to do. And again, I've, I'll say it every week, if Clay comes back at 65%, 75% of his you know potential stardom that we saw in the past, is Golden State on pace for another, not record-breaking, but 60-win season? Do you know what I mean? Dude, they're, I think they're definitely winning 60 games this year. Um, I think bringing back... Uh, Andre Iguodala was so underrated. Um, he's been a stud and a leader. And he's been a leader for the young guys. Like you mentioned Jonathan Kaminga having a good rookie season. He's getting spelled because Andre Iguodala can play that role and then getting to come in against weaker opponents and also under the tutelage of Iguodala, that's helping him a lot. Um, this team is just so well constructed. You're 100% right. They're so deep. Um I think 60 wins in an NBA championship is very much on the table for them. And I think they could be good for the next two, three years without having to change very much because they've got Clay and Steph who are aging well. I mean, Clay, we haven't seen him in a couple of years, but Steph is definitely aging well. You've got kind of a replacement for Draymond and Andrew Wiggins uh, with that defense, and he's a better scorer. Oh, Maybe yeah. not not assist and rebound, but then you can get that from Wiseman. Like they've got players to plug and play. Um, this team is just so scary. Now I have to bring up a really interesting stat for you, Matt, because besides Brooklyn, the game that they just played, um, the Warriors' strength of schedule through the first twelve games of the season has been officially the easiest in NBA history. If you were to have an average of zero, for example, on your strength of schedule, they have had a minus 2.81. The Brooklyn game was huge for them, not a part of this stat, and was a reason why we believe in them more than just what we see on the statistics, why we know that there is more to this team. But I find it so interesting that they have been, quote-unquote, beating up on easy teams and they've been doing it, a lot of them have been like actual spanking, Steph Curry going off. And that is why, though this stat is kind of like, whoa, hold up a second, maybe they're only beating easy teams, and that's why they're so good. We're sitting here going, no, 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 there's this, that, the other underlying reason that Cold State is destroying the league right now. Dude, they're an absolute juggernaut. Um, when you compare them to the Phoenix Suns, who are on a 10-game winning streak, um, you know, went four and zero last week after a one and three start that they had. Um, they're they're beating easy teams. I think their only signature win during that stretch is like the Hawks and the Cavs. And the yeah. Hawks have been struggling, and the Cavs were kind of middling at that point. They've beaten up on like the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Spurs. 
they're they're easier teams minnesota's you know to get those w's against but they're 11 and 3 they're doing what they're supposed to do they're beating the teams in front of them and you can't disrespect that you know 12 and 2 11 and 3 these teams are just chugging along and and proving why everybody kind of had them pegged at the top and cp3 is absolutely an ageless wonder the fact oh, that God. this Phoenix team was so bad before he got there, and then they went to the finals and are now the second best team in the NBA again with him, just wild, my friend. Point uh, God for sure. It's it's funny that the conversation is about Golden State, and Phoenix is one game behind them and on the longer winning streak. But again, big markets talk. I hate to say it, Matt, but big markets talk. Golden State is a team that. You know they've been in the spotlight more. They care more. They're they're a team that everybody knows. And Phoenix, a lot of people still think that they're kind of frauds from last season. Even though there's there's no way that they're not. People need to stop with that narrative. It's bad. It's it's awful. Devin Booker has been absolutely sniping certain games after having a not great start to the season. The Phoenix Suns are fine. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be a top six at the least playoff team by the end of the season i have that i have no doubts in that man absolutely man they're absolutely phenomenal um i think they're going to be probably two of the last four teams in the western conference when it's all said and done um and that would not shock me whatsoever um a team that kind of struggling a little bit right now out west is the jazz um they lost to the pacers in the heat this week they did get the win against the struggling 76ers but not a great week for this team, and they're kind of, um, you know, a little, falling off a little bit since last year. Not too much, but a little bit. I think of the teams that are at the top right now, they're struggling a bit on the road, which is fine. You know, they have their game is predicated by shooting tons of threes, and it's hard to do that if the crowd is against you, blah, blah, blah. But I think, like the Suns, we still don't have to be that worried about them. You know, at the end of the day, there's kind of this echelon of teams in the West that are proven either through last year or what they've done in the first 10 games that barring major injuries like we expect the norm to continue and they're gonna have these up and down weeks where you know we drop a couple games here or there but all in all we're continually adding to our above 500 record you know if it's not this week it will be next week right so that's the interesting part about the Jazz. Yeah, I'm, you talk about that, though, with the Western Conference teams in the upper echelon. I would have thought the Lakers would have been included in that, man. And they have, you know, like we talked about earlier, they have not been good. They lost to the Bulls, Bucks in Minnesota this week. And really, Anthony Davis got outplayed, not by a small margin, but by a very large margin against Giannis and those Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks, man, are struggling. That was their only win this week. Uh, they lost to the Hawks and the Celtics, but they beat the Lakers because Yanni was like, I want this game, and I'm going to get it. And he did, man. Something that Anthony Davis can't do. It's it's a different form of game. It's a different like precedent that the players are able to see, set. But the, the Western Conference is in an interesting place. I do want to mention the Mavs. I know you want to talk about the Mavs because like I made the comment last week, I think it was, that they're like a good, bad team. And I think maybe I can now call them a bad, good team. Like, you know, because I feel better about it. Like, they... Because, you know, Luka is Luka. They have good players. Apparently, Porzingis was, like, going off this week in a couple games. He did, yeah. So, like, they're a 
they're a bad good team now. They're not a good bad team. They're a bad good team. They're stepping up. You know, they've gone from C minus to C plus. I guess I don't, I don't know. Hey man, fourth in the Western Conference. They beat the Nuggets this week. They did lose to the Suns, but you know they're they're a good team. Luka Doncic is an absolute beast. Um, he's still not even had that MVP type season that everyone's predicted out of him yet. Um, and they're they're right there. So if he can turn it on, uh, this team is going to be you know head and shoulders above a lot of other teams in the league. I mean, you look at the Nuggets right now, and who are only being buoyed by Nikola Jokic. Yeah, like he's the only reason this team is in the playoffs where they are, and they're struggling to stay in the playoffs at nine and five too. Though, like the, like the Western Conference is a much tougher division, uh, or at least at the top right now. It's it's fun, honestly. I love looking at the tables of basketball right now because in the NBA, it looks like there's parity. It looks like there is the classic echelon of the best teams. And then this group of teams that could all kind of compete and could maybe upset in the first round of the playoffs or could maybe go and do a Hawks kind of run. You know what I mean? And then there's the couple of teams in the bottom who are rebuilding, who don't want to show up. And I just, I enjoy seeing that. You know, I don't like seeing it as a Raptors fan, seeing us lose all these games and having to sit in that middle of the pack, right? But it's really fun to, you know, the nights I don't get to watch basketball, open up the score, open up whatever, and, and see this upset here or that team getting a win there, this player dropping a 30-bomb. Like, I feel like the NBA is in such a place where there's so much intelligence at the game of basketball that if players are willing to put in the effort, anybody can have a banger night, and I, I love that just as a true basketball fan. Yeah, there have definitely been some shocks, man. I mean, you look at Kyle Kuzma and uh, Montrezl Harrell out, out in the Eastern Conference with the Washington yeah. Wizards, right? Like, two players who were maligned by all Lakers fans, who were hated on, who were, you know, talked about in the Twitter sphere, now are absolutely helping the Washington Wizards just kind of quietly dominate the Eastern Conference. Bradley Beal hasn't had to be that scoring leader that he was last year, and they're a better team for it. Because they have players who can fill in certain roles and can do things on the court that they need it's just been working out Montrezl Harrell has been one of the best fantasy players in in the league man I think he's like 15th on my fantasy team I didn't even draft him I picked him up after the draft yep just wild uh, it's crazy to me that there's Lakers fans that are like um you guys can have Westbrook Brack just give us Kuzma you know what I mean like it's crazy where a certain opportunity enables players to find more success, a better version of themselves, and that's what Washington is doing right now. Some some of the players are kind of some, you know, they're almost an island of misfits toys that are coming together, winning games, and they're sitting at the top of the East. Like nobody would have thought that. Yeah, they they're one game down, but in front of Brooklyn because Brooklyn's just playing games like crazy. Apparently, like it's Lovely. it's fun. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's it, right? Like I love seeing Washington up here. I mean, the Nets of the Nets. Did we talk about the Nets earlier? And do we want to, do we want to go into them? Well, I I just think at the end of the day that game against Golden State was such a bad look for them because Golden State's on in Brooklyn. Steph Curry's getting MVP chance in Brooklyn, and Kevin Durant had his worst game of the season. James Harden has definitely figured it out over these last eleven games, which they're nine and two in, by the way. Um, yep. Averaging it's even better than last week: twenty-five, seven, and nine. Like. The guy's been absolutely back to that MVP fringe caliber player that he is. Um, 
and but that was a big loss, man. I it it stunted what they are in my eyes for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, Brooklyn should be fine, but they do have underlying problems. Like there are things that Brooklyn can't solve now. Kyrie Irving might be the answer to some of those problems, definitely. But there's still, there still is certain things. Like there's a reason why people are worried about the defense of this team. Blake Griffin is not. Like, he's turned into a great three point shooter for this team. He they he cooked us the night we played them. Yeah. He's not going to nail those every single night because he's not a pure shooting specialist, right? Like there are some distinct problems with Brooklyn, but we're going to talk about them more over the course of the season because there's no way they go away that easy. Matt, is there anywhere else in the East that you're interested in bringing up? Because, like, besides the fact that Miami and the Bulls are still killing it for you, boy, over here, like, it's everything that I'm expecting. Absolutely killing it for you, my friend. Um, Philadelphia falling apart. Atlanta's starting to turn it around. Um, There's a lot that we could go into on the East, but I think I really want to do Raptors chat, my friend. Um, I love our Raptors. We had a, a horrible week, in my opinion, which should have been a minimum 2 1 week probably should have been a 3-0 week ended up being one and two can you remind me again why you like pascal siakam because he can put up 25 points 12 rebounds seven assists on nine of 14 shooting five of nine two of three against the pistons that we in still a game that we <laughs> lose to the pistons we still lost to the pistons um there's I forget which NBA analyst that I really like watching, and he always says you have to pay attention to when the player is putting up good stats. Are they winning or are they losing? Are the stats coming in hollow games? And to be losing to the probably one of the worst rosters in the NBA because our superstar, quote-unquote, had a great game but was empty stat stuffing, like, it's just brutal to me. It's just, I think... I'm really sad about the whole OG injury and the hit pointer and that he's going to be out for, I guess, November. But hopefully it gets Siakam on a roll, gets his trade value up, and then we can flip that guy because, man, do I not want him on this team. You know, I have hopes that it's partially conditioning. I mean, he came out and said it himself that, you know, his legs get tired. Like, he hasn't been able to play this, that, the other thing. Like, I get it. But also, like, you know, as per your earlier stat metric, Bradley, Bradley Beal is a bad player. You know, you should probably trade him because he has so many amazing games and ones that they lose. Bad stat I'm bringing up here, obviously, because Bradley Beal is a freaking monster. He's a goat shooter type of player, and you could never compare Pascal Siakam to him. Okay, absolutely. They're different tier players. But also, Bradley Beal, as the number one option, as the alpha dog on his team, was never able to produce a winning record. He's still the alpha dog, but he's not to that extent. And that's my issue with Siakam, is Siakam is so hell-bent on being that alpha dog with major stats to being a top 10 player, to being a top 5 player, to be considered that in the game of basketball, that he sacrifices our team game and our wins for it. So I would rather a player give up a position in the top 10. You're already making max money, bro. You, like It's not like your contract's going to be void all of a sudden. Heck, you've been bad and we can't void that contract. So at the end of the day, take a back seat, take a step back, and you know contribute to wins. Don't contribute to trying to make yourself the best player on the planet because that's not going to happen. You're not. You're not even let close, me, Pascal. Sorry. Let, let me try to let me try to answer that question of yours again, because I got a real answer. What do I like about Pascal Siakam? I like pre-championship Pascal Siakam. <laughs> that guy had a fire in him that wasn't egotistical, that wasn't 
Humble. That wasn't too... That, <laughs> yeah, and, and he saw having stars in Kyle and Kawhi and being in that moment of just like, I know what my skills are. I know what I can provide for this team to help us get to where we want to get to. And like, it's crazy that we're now three years removed from that. And we do see a lot of like, I want to be the guy. I want to be this. And you know what? I still have hope that when he gets his conditioning under him, you know, because of Siakam, you know, getting to play with this, that, or the other player, with the fact that Gary Trent Jr. is apparently like third in, in, in the defensive player of the year race right now, which is like obviously way too early, but low-key kind of a hilarious fact. Like, I have hope that Siakam can raise that floor of his, come back to being the player that I used to love, the reason why I have a jersey from that championship run, because we saw it. But at the same time, like, there's only so many times you can, you know, pull the floor out from under me. There's only so many times that I can trust fall and Siakam's just not there to catch me that there's going to be a point. Matt knows I'm already breaking. I'm slowly breaking, and we're going to get there. Since that playoffs in the bubble where he came back from his injury and he wanted to be the man on our playoff team, he's he's struggled mightily. It's that mentality of I need to be the guy. Fred Van Vliet touched on it before the season. You know, he when asked about Siakam, he said, Well, I think it's gonna be better for him this year with Kyle gone because he's gonna be the man. And then we get a stud rookie like Scotty Barnes, who is the man. And yeah. is probably I mean, you think about Pascal Siakam at twenty years old and you think about Scotty Barnes at twenty years old and Scotty's light years ahead of him. Um, he's even light years ahead of OG, who was light years ahead of Siakam. So I like Siakam has come back to a situation where he's probably our fifth most important player. And he Especially wants to considering be, his conditioning right now, right? Yeah, and he wants to be the guy, he wants to be the man, he wants to control the ball in the offense, and he's hurting us. He's just consistently hurting us. Um he he goes for contested layups way too often when he can make the extra pass he goes for mid-range shots and puts his head down into extra dribbles and spin moves when he could you know keep the offense flowing he needs to learn to play back within the system of the game because that is pre-championship Siakam he played within the flow of the game and that's what caught him 31 points in his first ever finals game it's because everyone on GS was focused on Kawhi Leonard and stopping him and guess what the flow of the game went to Siakam, who got 31 points. Let it come back to you. That's how you become the player that you used to be. Man, he's frustrating. Absolutely Man, frustrating. I, I saw this really cool story about this college uh, basketball team that doesn't really dribble. They basically just like have tons of off-ball movement and are constantly passing, right? And and like the amount of times I'm frustrated watching NBA games where like some people are just like doing nothing, just standing in a corner. And part of that is the scheme of the you know the way there's only so much space on the floor, blah blah blah. But yeah, there's times when it's like it's crazy that you know we got a W this week. No Siakam, no problem. We're like 0-4 since he returned. Now there's more to it, obviously. You know I touched on it last week. The Ken Birch injury was was Big. huge for us. I'm still waiting for Utah to come back because I still think spot Utah minutes will do wonders for Nick Nurse's arsenal of weaponry. Like, I, I got to shout out Delano Banton against the Piston. You know, he had 12 points, three rebounds, two assists, four of six shooting. Like, he came in and he played well. Unfortunately, Siakam fouled out. Jeremy Grant, 
My fantasy guy who was a stud last year for me, who has been trash for me this year, goes off against the Raptors, of course, has a good night. And, like, Isaiah Stewart just hitting late threes puts us away. Like, the problem with Raptors defense is we let too many open threes because we're fantastic at help defense and our rotations are amazing. But when it doesn't work, it's so obvious the easy shot that we give up. It's just, it's frustrating, Matt. It's so frustrating because when it works, we are unstoppable. Yeah, I think we've got to figure out that that defense. When we're getting burned, we've got to switch to a different one, right? Because um, like, you're right. When we switch everything like that, that's our weakness is the open three. But when it's working, it's working well, and we're, we're you know flying out there on, on chase down blocks and uh, to try and get those threes, and, and we look good. I think we also need to, to find a way to, to get the ball into Scotty's hands more. I think he should be shooting at least 13, 14 times a game at least um and we need to you know just just focus on playing a cohesive team game i like what you what you talk about with the off ball movement we can't be stagnant we're not good enough offensively we don't have an individual iso player who's good enough to create with all the stagnant pieces to then find an open shot we need everyone to be moving cohesively as a unit to find the open man you want to know why Golden State's top of the league? Because they do this. It's their off-ball movement. They have the greatest point guard that I've seen in my generation, who is arguably the greatest shooter of all time. You want to know why Clay Thompson is the greatest spot-up shooter of all time? Because he's probably one of the best off-ball moving players that the Golden State Warriors have ever had on their roster. And, like, Gary. Gary Trent Jr. is the best example I can give here because his hustle, his effort, what he has shown this season is the reason why he is playing as hard as he is. It's the reason why he's getting so many steals. It's the reason why I was talking about how he was Defensive Player of the Year voting right now. He's putting in the effort, the hustle. He's making it happen, and that's what we need out of our players more, and that's why I want Utah to come back. I love that Banton is that story for us, right? Like, the hope is that we have the young pieces, the young talent who who are in the system, who understand what's going on, and we have to rotate out the pieces that maybe don't fit perfectly. And you know, think about think about you know the the Sidney Crosby, eventually Malkin situation of how you have like you know arguably the greatest center, and then behind him you have any someone who could be a top line center on any any team in the league the rest of the way, right? Like at the end of the day we might be in a situation where Pascal is great, but Scotty, what he could do in that position and the minutes he could have, like, how, how do you not think that maybe it's time for Pascal to go bye-bye? Exactly. And exactly. And at the end of the day, it's just that off-ball movement that we need. Gary Trent Jr. has been an absolute stud because he's working off the ball, because he's playing defense. Um, it's It's just how you have to play basketball in this league to be successful i don't like the stagnant what iso moves that we go to sometimes with pascal or with freddie we need to keep the ball moving those guys aren't they are great players at their position like what do you would you say freddie's a top 10 15 point guard easy um 15 easy top 10 maybe debatable especially if you're focusing on defense yeah and then siakam's got what like top 20 wing potential which you know this league is built on wings 
Like yeah. you, you talk about all these wings. Siakam has top twenty potential. He's been argued as a top five player by guys like Kendrick Perkins a couple years ago. So he has that ability. They just don't. They're not the top tier players, and they can't just do it themselves. They need to realize that they are going to be better functions of a team than of just a single moment for themselves. It's just frustrating, my friend. Uh, at I'm the end way of the day, frustrated with Siakam. At the end of the day, if you are in the Raptors organization and you are not looking at the future and Scotty Barnes is not the center of that, bruh, you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? He He's proven throughout the first few weeks of this season that we have an unreal talent. And unfortunately, there's going to be... You can't have everybody. Like, we, we have all of these players that can fit a certain situation, and unless we can have all of them play positionless basketball and make it work, which it doesn't always work because guys are fast when they're small. Just the fact of the matter is how it is. Steph Curry's probably going to torch us this week. I'm just waiting for this game, for Golden State to absolutely torch us, Matt. Because we got four games coming up this week, and uh, I'm worried, Matt. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, the Jazz, the Warriors not great great games for us they're you know probably chalked up as L's. the kings i mean they, they've been struggling so hopefully we can get a dub dub there uh what are they three and seven in their last ten and memphis who's been middling um so we can get some wins there i'm not high on this week um if you want to just go into mystic predictions and and hot takes man i think i'm gonna go with the raptors doing one and three this week with the only win coming against the kings um I think John Morant beats us. I think Steph Curry beats us, and I think Donovan Mitchell beats us. So unfortunately, one and three for the Raps. So this is where I'm agreeing with you. Like, let's be honest, that's most likely to happen. I fell short with Golden State last week. I've got to try again. I'm gonna try a two-two week for Golden State. All right, like they're kind of crazy. Golden State falling down, losing some games. It's bound to happen. You know, they're gonna lose some games. Cavaliers, coin flip of a team. Pistons should be a W for them. And then Raptors 76ers. We don't know if the Philly will be fully healthy with all of their injury issues. Not injury issues. Protocol issues. And maybe I can sprinkle a little Raptors victory on here. But hey, who who knows, Matt? It's a wild time. Man, I'm hoping for it. A Raptors victory against GS would put me right back on the hype train. Because since the Ackham's come back, man, I have been knocked off. There's been some tears potentially shed by Raptors fans. I think, and I gotta maybe throw the jersey on or something. Like I gotta get some voodoo magic back up in this because we are on a tough tear. But Matt, anything else this week, my friend? No, nah, man, I'm, I'm pretty good. I think you're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, whatever you need, and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time. 